0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of Spot Callers The Show where we go off the beaten path and focus on one specific wrestling show that is off the beaten path in indies, uh deathmatch, anything. Uh I'm your host, Justin, with Cyrus. What's going on, Cyrus?
1: Hey man, uh <laughs> I don't feel too great.
0: Oh my god. This this is this is a this is a uh a, a rough uh, couple of weeks for you I have to say
1: Yeah, uh, from the last recorded till now I fell down some stairs uh, My allergies are going crazy And I got the Arthur Morgan cough um, <laughs> Oh boy But you know <laughs> I'm going get through the episode
0: Yeah I, it, it's, I mean We almost didn't have spot call this episode too For um, uh, many reasons <laughs> I say we almost didn't have this episode for for many many reasons like it, it is yeah incredible uh the first episode went crazy, people loved it uh we in the first episode we reviewed uh death vegas two thousand eight uh how'd you Great feel about show. the reception how'd you feel about the reception to that
1: uh you know kinda kind of like my first uh like podcast podcast like i know we did the g show, but you know we we did some death match stuff and I it, it, it's heartwarming. I'll say
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely for the holidays. Definitely for the holidays. Yeah. Uh we we you know, thanks everyone for the for the uh the support of the first episode of Spot Callers. Of course, this is a monthly show where we review everything that is off the beaten path uh within pro wrestling, uh things that come from Cyrus's mind. But this month I I specifically we had a couple choices. And this month's show I specifically asked for because it's the 10 year anniversary of a show that I remember watching uh, 10 years ago. And I remember just how um, I have to say, like how kind of change, like like uh, like like shifting it was for this company. We are reviewing ROH's Final Battle 2008 uh, that features the main event of uh, the show being Brian Danielson, uh, who is now Daniel Bryan and Takeshi Morishima in a fight with our honor. Uh, how did you feel kind of like when I, when I kind of suggested the show I, I suggested it right after Survivor Series uh, where Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar had their main event match and I, I was like you know what like this, is, this reminds me of this show and I looked and I was like it just so happens that it's 10 years since this feud and this match reminded me so much of it but how did you feel when I, when I kind of suggested the show
1: when you suggested the show I was just like you know it's old ROH so it's good <laughs> So yeah. I was just like I, I'd, I'd love to watch the show.
0: And I, 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 you know, how, how many R. O. H. Shows have you have you uh, have you peeped like before the uh,
1: like I older older peeped. show
0: older shows?
1: Uh, I have a lot of R. O. H. DVDs, but it's not like whole shows. It's more like best ofs. Right. So, uh, not a lot.
0: Yeah, it is. It is definitely a. a very hard, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> Very hard to find oh, all our yeah. ROH content, uh, but I mean the, the journey to find the show ha- has been just outrageous. but uh, I, what I do want to talk what I do want to talk about before we go into uh, calling one of the the guys that is instrumental in making this show happen, uh, I, I want to see in 2019 what are some things that you really would like you really need to watch on the, on on the show
1: uh more I think the main the main event all right you have to watch the main event
0: yeah i'm talking about no in 2019 what are we what do we have to what do we have to watch like on on spot colors in general
1: oh man <laughs> we could probably watch some old uh ecw stuff uh it was going to be our backup plan but i think we could watch a different show now um probably like some uh old stardom
0: um, oh, yeah. I, I, I haven't watched old stardom ever.
1: Yeah. yeah. And especially with, you know, everybody wants New Japan to book women and every, everybody's just like, you know, stardom needs to just start working with New Japan and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> I think it would be a cool uh, time to watch stardom.
0: Yeah, for for sure. I I think that's something on on the definitely on the docket. But if anybody that listens to the show wants us to watch anything in specific and like, you know, in specific, let us know. We'll add it to the list. 2019 Spot Callers is going to be a show that airs every month and we're going to be, you know, Basically, trying to give people a, a different perspective of, of older shows and more violent shows. I, I, I have to stress. I have to stress that everyone looks at Cyrus sideways after suggesting Death Vegas.
1: Yeah, I, everybody was just like, every it came out, it was just like, Cyrus, you're a weird guy. And I was just like, you know, it's it, it's entertainment, man. It's cool. It was cool to see.
0: Uh, but uh, let's let's take one second. Uh, to take one a small little break really quick and let, let's call our, our homeboy jamal who was instrumental in making this show happen he's the guy who actually bought the dvd uh for our Witch final battle because we could not fucking find it so uh, in one second we're going to call him and we'll be right back
1: with the chain. <laughs> Where
0: welcome back to spot callers uh our our homie our homie Jamal has called in Jamal what's going on
2: what's going on guys how y'all feeling? Uh, I ain't feeling too great. <laughs>
0: oh man, Cyrus is currently uh he has the whooping cough.
1: Oh, Cyrus. Wow, <laughs> Cyrus, uh, you didn't
2: get your shots, bro.
1: Cyrus, it, <laughs> it's, it's been a rough uh, between recordings. <laughs>
0: uh, so Jamal, we we mentioned earlier in the in the opening segment how how tough it was to find this show, um, but you know one day a guardian angel a christmas angel if you will came from the skies and said you know what i got y'all and, and that was you jamal like what what kind of like can you just tell us kind of like the story behind you kind of just making that decision to help spot colors out in such a, a huge way
2: so um first you guys are awesome i just want everybody to know that uh this, this show is dope and shout out the whole rwc and all that but no, I saw J5 send out a tweet and it was just pretty much like, hey, does anybody have this? Um does anybody have this DVD? Can we borrow it? Whatever. And I, and I was like, um. I like hit up actually a couple of my homies who like, like collect wrestling DVDs. I was like, hey, y'all have this and they're like, no, we don't. So I was like, man, let me just see what's what's online. You can find anything on Amazon. So I, I looked it up and I found one on Amazon, but it was all the way in like Germany. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, let me hit up eBay. And I found another one on eBay. And at the time when I first originally found it, I didn't have the money for it. And so I was wow. like, all right, let me, I was like, let me wait a couple of days. And I was like, if they don't have it, I get paid. So I'll just I'll i help them out. So that's when um and then like literally two days later, that's when everybody was in the chat complaining pretty much about how ROH doesn't put any of their stuff online, like all their own stuff, like you can't find it. And I was like, all right, man, let me just pull the trigger on this uh on this DVD on eBay. And so I just like went and I found two copies and one of them was like 35 bucks and the other one they were like
1: selling for like 80. Mm. So <laughs> Yeah, that that's the one I found. Yeah. And I was yeah, just like, so- I guess we ain't I guess we ain't watching the show. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So I, I like contact the seller who 135. I'm like, yo, is there anything wrong with this DVD or anything? They're like, no, it's just sitting in a box or like, it's, it's perfectly fine. So I said, like, okay, cool. And I just bought it. Or no, I hit up J5 first. I was like, hey man, what's your, uh, what's your shipping address? I found the DVD. And he was like, hit up Cyrus. And I hit up Cyrus. <laughs> I was like, yo, what's your shipping address? Send it now. I found the DVD. So he sent it and I just bought the DVD and, um, we had to wait forever in a day to get it. But yeah.
0: <laughs> it was, it was shaky on if we would even be able to do the episode this month because it was taking so long.
2: Yeah. yeah. And I like, cause um I, I contacted the seller. I was like, yo, is there, cause she was like, do, I'll do standard shipping. And I was like, yo, is there a way I can like gift you the money to like expedite it? So you can just get there as soon as possible. She's like, Oh, well I already have sent it out. I'm like, well, thanks for moving so fast. And I was like, but <laughs> I was like, all right, so I guess we got to play the waiting game. And then um, when I got the confirmation, it was like, all right, it'll be there that next Wednesday. And I was like, okay, cool. Like a week, that's not too bad. And then it took way longer than a week. But
1: <laughs> yeah, so, so we uh, I, I tracked it and uh, it got it got stuck at a facility. Like it was just like, Staying there too long, like two days longer than it should have, and I was yeah. Just like, it was like huh. it was
2: in like Cypress, Texas, or something like that. Yes,
1: yeah, it was in Texas for a couple of days, and Texas is a big state. But give me my fucking yeah. DVD. <laughs>
2: That's what I'm saying, man. I was like, God damn, like what what pops off in Cypress, Texas, where they just gotta <laughs> hold up everything.
0: Yeah, it was it was really weird, but I mean, you know, we ended up getting the DVD. Then there was more problems with the fact that like. Cyrus couldn't rip it for like two or three days.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. And then and then he posts the link, and then like the link doesn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it 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 was disastrous. <laughs> it,
0: was, it was it was so much to get this show, and I have to blame ROH because, well, there there are like fundamental things that I do understand as far as why a lot of their shows should like can't be sold again, and that is because when you watch the DVD, a lot of the Rusters have licensed music that they haven't taken off of the DVD. Um, like Brian Danielson having, having the final countdown and Nigel and McGinnis and a lot of people having like popular songs, like, uh, you know, Austin Aries having the Marilyn Manson song <laughs> obviously <it's a> big, <laughs> would, would be a major problem. But I mean, the, the thing about it is is that you guys have so much money now from Sinclair. You can't go back to your old archives, cut that music out. But i also there could be a problem with like you know on the wwe network there are a bunch of ecw pay-per-views where it's like actually baked into the audio all of the music so it's like it's silent
2: when people yeah.
1: come out <laughs> the, the the new japan uh infamous uh uh audio altered for international you, copyright <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and it's like i i understand that but like what what would you guys like? Rather have? Would you rather have a, a silence for maybe two to three minutes for during an entrance, or would you just not have these these you know properties available at
1: all?
2: I, I mean, you got to <laughs> go with the silence. I mean, to be yeah, honest, man. half the, half those theme songs didn't slap, anyways.
1: So <laughs> yeah. I, I he's could not wrong. With,
2: yeah, I can deal with two minutes of silence if I'm able to actually watch the product. You know, and I'd
1: I'll, I'll just skip it anyway.
2: Yeah, you know, half the time I'm skipping the, the entrance because I'm not, you know, you know, I don't really care about watching them guys, you know, walk in half the time.
0: Yeah, and you know, it, it's it is, it's like fundamentally like a a, a issue with ROH is, you know, the the system of how they do things. Like me and Cyrus literally went, we were gonna get an Honor Club subscription, yeah. and give and give them money, but it's like there's no reason to get Honor Club because none of your events go, they like the the events stop or they started like 2011, right?
1: Uh, 2013. Jesus
0: Christ! Like, there, yeah. Nothing. Because
2: even even when I was looking for the DVD, the like the dates were so weird on on stuff that I would find. Like, I typed in 2008 and wouldn't probably show me anything later than 2010 at first. Like, I actually had to kind of do some digging to find this DVD.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it shouldn't be. We should. We're not in the 90s. This is the tape trade era. We shouldn't have to be like doing that. ROH should really like with all of the influx of talent that they're trying to get and they're bringing in, they should, you know, pay some respect to the older talent that they have. And, you know, I do appreciate that. They do throw up free matches every now and again, um, with the altered audio, but I'm like, why can't you just do that for, for everything? Like the ma- shows like, you know, final battle 2008, which was, you know, we'll talk about this in the review. was a turning point for the company or, as you know, it should be available so that people can see all these stars that like you look at all the people on this fucking show mm. where they're at now. It's crazy. Yeah, and what?
2: Oh, uh, I want to say, yeah, like, like, and like you said before, you know, their roster may be lacking, but I know their pockets aren't
0: Yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. <you> know, <laughs>
2: they, they, uh, they definitely have the money or at least the resources to be able to get, get these old things and, you know, tweak them how they may like, you know how they, how they should. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So fans
2: are able to enjoy them?
0: Absolutely, but uh, I I had to get you on the show, Jamal. Uh, just just to just to say from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for for kind of yes. being an unsung hero for this episode to happen. Anything you need, brother, like just let me know. Uh, we all thank you, especially our listeners. Yeah. They all thank you. Thank you so much, bro.
2: And no problem at all. Like I told Cyrus, man. Any way I can help support you guys and you no know, just. You know, see this thing continue to grow and get bigger, man. I, I'll put forth <laughs> any type of resource I can, man. So you guys are very welcome. Keep killing it. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. No problem, bro. I no <laughs> all right? You too.
0: No, you all too. right. We'll be right back with the the review of Final Battle 2008 on Spot Callers. right thank you so much to jamal for uh calling into the show and thank you so much for his mm-hmm. support man it's, it's such a yes. heartwarming yeah it's such a heartwarming christmas story
1: <laughs> yeah uh a christmas miracle in the flesh man
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely because i mean i'm so glad that, that we could fucking uh get this show and i'm I'm super glad that i had i i mean i, I actually finished the show it took me like five sittings to get through this show
1: hey it it's it's a hard show to watch. I'll say that. It's a uh, long sh- it's a long show to watch. <laughs> it is a long show. Uh, I watched it last minute, so you know my my thoughts are pretty fresh. And I think when I got to the street fight, I started dozing off, and I was just like, "That's dangerous." <laughs> I, need, oh I need to finish this show.
0: You go to sleep too much. Do you have narcolepsy?
1: Uh hey man yeah definitely you there's definitely a lot of do. things definitely wrong there's a lot of things going <laughs> wrong so i wouldn't put it past
0: Um uh, so yes the show that we're reviewing and I, i'm a little more prepared for this show than i was for death vegas uh i, lo- I love <laughs> the month i love i love the month hang- hangover because i'm I get to i'm extensive notes <laughs> for this show <laughs> but uh we are we are currently uh we're, we're as far as ROH in 2008, um, and I, I can provide a little more context here. Like the company is kind of a, on an upswing. They they've just uh, signed a, a, a TV deal with HDNet. Uh, they're starting to air regular pay per views. Um, it's it's a sign of change for the company. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of different and more exciting ventures coming up for them. They're they're actually getting more outside talent from Noah, uh, pro wrestling Noah, so to speak, and and a lot of different you know places that. You know, bring in some of their talent, and you see that on the show. There's a lot of talent exchanges here, and and I want to, I'll actually mm-hmm. talk about some of you know the, the way that that talent's handled. But uh, ROH is literally trying to find basically a, a new generation of stars, and you see a lot of these new guys on this show that would be instrumental in the company going forward. And this is actually the last kind of big show for a lot of the stars here that are currently there as well, and a lot of uh, storylines are wrapped up uh, on this show. But I mean. How did you kind of feel about seeing a lot of the the stars there that were kind of on the beginning and, and kind of, you know, on the twilight? And I'll talk about some of the, the guys that are on the twilight well, when they come up. But like guys like Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson, Tyler Black, Jimmy Jacobs, uh, you know, Roger Strong, Davey Richards, like the roster there was mm-hmm. freaking insane.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... It's like seeing like a wild like time capsule, you know, because the opening match has uh, Kenny Omega and Claudio Casanoli, uh, who is now Cesaro. Yeah. And it's just just mind blowing to see. And especially uh, Nigel McGuinness, who was on commentary and he is putting over Kenny Omega huge. And to see now, you know, his fantastic 2017 uh him becoming a IWGP heavyweight champion now. Uh like he couldn't be more right. Like it's it's insanity. Yeah. To it, see it, how this a lot of talent uh goes.
0: It is. I mean, you know, there there are a lot of uh there are a lot of people on, on the show that, that were going to be, you know, have great success. And I, I think really like the the mood in, in ROH is that there, there's a lot of things changing within just the the business as as, as it stands. Like even if you look to to uh, TNA and WWE, there are a lot of people that are on the upswing there as well. Like CM Punk was starting to kind of get into his own uh, on WWE programming. And they're, they're starting to sign a lot of indie guys to uh, to FCW and stuff like that, where it's like, OK, well well, you know, this is kind of like the first expansion of, of you know, the, the majors looking out for the indies and uh, TNA w- was kind of like doing that as well. And at that point, you know, it's, it's sort of like ROH which was like the last, you know, the, the wild West out there, like them and PWG, yeah. they were like the top two at this, at this point. And, you know, looking at the show, like the crowd was fucking hot for all of it. And um, let's just get into it. Let's get into it. So the, yeah. the show, the show opens with Jimmy Jacobs, uh, basically in, in the age of the fall inside of like this, they're in this dark alleyway in New York. Uh, the age of the fall debuted uh, a year, uh, a year ago at, at this show. And it was mm-hmm. one of the wildest debuts I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever seen the debut?
1: I, I haven't seen the debut. tell me about it.
0: Um, the age of the fall was a stable that uh, they it started off with like a, a uh, kind of like a, a internet, um, vi- uh, viral thing. It was like the viral stuff was really, really popular back in the day. There were a lot of mm-hmm. cryptic like messages that were on like the ROH message boards. It was like Project One Hundred and Sixty One or something like that. And was oh, uh, fire. <laughs> and it, it's like it. It was um a lot of people. You know, speculated who it could be. They thought it was going to be like a lot of people. Like you know, thinking someone was going to come in. Like no one knew what it was going to be. Uh, and they were. I think a lot of people thought that it was going to be at the pay-per-view taping, or it was at the pay-per-view taping uh, man up. Uh, that uh, it was the one that was the 161st show of, for ROH. Uh, so like it's, essentially they didn't show up there, but, uh, or they did show up there. I'm sorry, but they, they kind of, uh, he, it was Jimmy Jacobs coming with Necro Butcher and Tyler Black. They beat the shit out of the Briscoe brothers after a lateral war, lateral war, and uh, they they hung one of the I think it was Jay. They hung Jay. <laughs> yeah, they hung him from his feet. And you can't uh, he, say
1: that casually.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they hung him from his feet, and he was bleeding at the at that point, and all of the blood was falling on Like Jimmy Jacobs was wearing a white suit, and Jimmy Jacobs stood under him and ha- with his mouth open, and had like the blood on his white suit. Yeah. So that's how.
1: <laughs> <I know> for- <laughs> uh-
0: it it was it was a uh it it was one of the most talked about angles i'd say uh just as far as just the the visual from there they were a extremely pushed stable um like they like that angle was was really controversial also it was like they were filming the pay-per-view of the event and they they cut this out (laughs) Oh wow! <laughs> they cut it out, uh, but they—I think they put it in another DVD. I, I believe I, I own—I think it was Man Up. They actually put it back in, but it's heavily edited. The the, the whole segment. Uh, but Tyler Black and and Jimmy Jacobs—they basically ran a rough shot throughout the tag division, and uh, they they basically won the tag titles. And they, they were beating a lot of a mm-hmm. lot of people during the uh, during this whole run, like Jimmy Jacobs beat J- uh, Brian Danielson, uh, you know, Jacobson and uh, Tyler Black. They based, they beat um, the, the Briscoes at last year's final battle at 2000, in 2007 to win the tag, tag team championships. And from there, uh, they, were, they introduced a lot of different people and a lot of different uh you know angles to the to the stable jo- joey matthews who who were going to be jj security he was also in emm he he had a run in roh as uh, a member of age of the fall uh and they also like had a bunch of crazy tag matches against like steen and generico um, austin aries a lot of different people to uh join the stable and d- eventually as we as we see see here um delirious and eventually joins the stable because of a feud that he was already, a relationship he had with daisy hayes and they basically brainwashed him into joining the stable so that's where he is at, at, at here and jimmy jacobs is basically saying that this is going to be the show you know foreshadowing they, they're saying this is going to be the show that gets them back on track after a couple of losses that they've had they lost the tag titles to Stenerico. uh so yeah that's that's how the show starts starting in manhattan this is the biggest roh uh audience ever over 2500 people in the Manh- uh in the hammerstein ballroom biggest crowd they've ever had to this point
1: that's uh, good to hear <laughs>
0: um the first match is Claudio Castagnoli and uh, versus Kenny Omega uh Kenny Omega would actually be a, a huge 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 star for ROH in 2009 believe it or not <laughs> um uh, and this is kind of like his his first uh you know his first big match on on the, in the promotion uh he was kind of still in the the silly the silly gimmick video this game yeah, this is post-Deep uh, South Wrestling. He left there in 2006, and he was mostly working PCW, PWG, and ROH. Um, How did you feel about Kenny Omega like, in this match in general?
1: Uh, this is a very Kenny uh, Omega, which is good to say. It's 2018, and I, I think I've seen enough V-Triggers uh, for a lifetime. so it's cool to see a a different kind of offense from them especially uh age
0: yeah it it's it's definitely cool to to see how he's like the plucky upstart uh and and it's like it's it's weird to, to see like how he and he and uh claudio are like we this match is unfathomable in 2018. You know, it's like this is <laughs> <laughs> this is basically like a main event in, in 2018. You know, and now yeah. it's kind of like it's the opener on, on this show. Uh, Nadja McGinnis on commentary. He, he did do a couple of uh, a couple of uh, matches on the show before he he does leave. Uh, this is something yeah. that would happen a lot in ROH. Uh, CM Punk used to do it a lot. Uh, Cole Banda would do it. Or they have the champion or, or one of the wrestlers on the card will come out and do commentary. And it, I actually like Nadja McGinnis on commentary here.
1: He perfect. I think he he's made for commentary. Like he he is doing a fantastic job of like putting people over, uh, being very um, you know informative, and it really like like he takes that style. Like he always had like a knack for it, and now to see him on NXT, and he still like he's still kind of doing that same style of commentary of being you know very uh, informative and putting people over. It's it's amazing
0: yeah uh i i love nigel here he uh he ma- he takes a jab at triple h <laughs> <laughs> uh I didn't, wait i
1: didn't catch that wait, wait. really so he,
0: yeah he was just like uh he said something about uh so i, I believe it was uh praise said something about bulking up and and nigel said you know i oh, he said just ask okay. triple h about bulking up because this is at the time where like, triple h is like coming back and he looked like a fucking blimp <laughs> when he came back <laughs>
2: wow um, but
0: there's a lot of really good spots here. I, I think Claudio and Kenny have surprisingly good charisma. Um it Kenny's still working kind of like a junior heavyweight style, so he's kind of doing a lot of cruiserweight moves. Mm-hmm. Um I, I really liked the the uh finishing sequence that had uh Kenny reverse the Ricola bomb into the small package uh for the win. It was a really cool uh fast match.
1: Yeah, uh it was a,
0: it's a good opener. I'll say that. Yeah, it's pretty a good opener. Pretty good opener. Uh I, I i'd say it it, it you know it didn't show off the 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 amount of, of stuff that i w- would have wanted to see from these two it was a little bit too short i think it went around eight to nine minutes uh but as far as like the crowd like, they're they're hot for everything kenny did
1: yeah oh. also uh eight to nine minutes compared to everything else on this show thank god
0: <laughs> oh i mean roh matches that's that's their gimmick is that they go long um they they all go long and they they some of these matches you know they they actually here's my thing the undercard in this show doesn't really it's one of the weaker final battle undercards uh i i didn't there wasn't anything uh specifically like offensive to me on the undercard but i will say that there were a bunch of matches that like and we'll get to them in a, in a second but it's like a bunch of the matches here were just like uh eh, not like the the stuff that you'd expect here and and i think this is also a testament to how the actual the actual uh, culture there was changing as far as the way that these matches were. They weren't super heavy wrestling whole matches like like they were in 2006 and 2005 and, and, and below. Yeah. Uh, the next match was a four-corner survival match uh, with Rhett Titus versus Chris Hero versus Necro Butcher versus Jerry Lynn. Fucking Rhett Titus in the Addicted <laughs> to Love gimmick is what I wrote in my, in my notes. Uh, uh, Rhett... <laughs> what, what,
1: what did I write in my uh, notes? I wrote huh
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're very loud you're a uh f-word chance for red titus here so yes yeah, oh, c- i
1: thought they i thought they were saying you're a virgin
0: no they were saying the f-word oh
1: there. hey we got two different tapes <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh definitely kind of a uh and and they they have a lot of chants during this show that I did, were just kind of like, uh you know, our Witch fans back in that time, they had a stigma about them.
1: Wrestling fans in general. Uh well especially back I, then. I, I went to an MLW show uh a couple weeks ago and they're still using that word a lot.
0: <laughs> yes. So oh a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> uh, very, very, very uh, problematic. Chance coming from the 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 New York audience for this show, and, and it's a very ECW esque crowd, and and which makes it like kind of yeah. weird because there is a street fight in here. That it, that oh, I'll, I'll wait. Um, but Chris Chris Hero comes out with uh, with Larry Sweeney. Uh, just want to send a shot a, a to Larry Sweeney, one of the one of the best uh, oh. managers. Yeah, uh, Larry Sweeney, sweet and sour. Yikes. Uh, yeah, it's a re- really, really tragic thing. I, I think it was one of, the, one of the deaths in pro wrestling that really sent shockwaves throughout the, the, whole, the whole business. Um, he, was, he was such a great guy, but uh, seeing him here, it kind of made it, put a smile on my face. He's, he, I really enjoyed him uh, in ROH. He's also accompanied, uh, Chris Hero was also accompanied by uh, Sarah Del Rey. The women's coach for for NXT and, and Bobby Dempsey, they did a great spot here with Bobby Dempsey where uh, the, he was more over than sweet and sour, and they told him to go to the back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I I got that in my notes. What did I put? Uh, LOL at Bob Dempsey getting a slap for being over. <laughs> <laughs>
0: such a he's such a great uh a, a great heater for for sweet and sour uh and, I, and I, lo- I love that but uh how did you feel about uh the matching oh i'm sorry well you also had necro butcher and and, and jerry lennon in this match but how do you <laughs> feel about kind of like this this match in general
1: wait hold up did that let's talk about the necro butcher real quick uh sure. you know the wrestler has recently come out it came so, out that month it came out that month yeah so everybody on commentary is just like, man, Necro Butcher acted different, like, now that he's a Hollywood star, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. But Necro Butcher comes out taking chair shots to the head before the bell even rings. He's yes, hitting himself in the face of the chair. And they're just like, uh, he's too Hollywood for me. Like, what? <laughs> hey,
0: uh, he, to me, was one of my favorite, uh, he was one of my favorite, favorite uh people in the in the movie one of the, one of my favorite characters in the movie he's yeah. so great uh i i really like that and i mean obviously as anyone who watches late fees on the rnc radio network knows we, i just watched the, the wrestler like a month and a half ago again so uh i i'm it was very fresh in my head and i was like oh man it's, it's kind of like full circle that i see this show uh and then then i i watched the movie a couple of, of, of months ago but they actually did film the final scene of the wrestler at an roh show so it, it actually it was all full circle there so um I thought Natural. the I thought the match in general it was a very strange combination. Uh, I, I thought Rhett was obviously a little bit green. Um there there were yeah. there were a lot of like he I, I think when he got in the match it, it kind of slowed down a lot where it's just like he's in there with a with a bunch of guys and this is another another example of uh really ROH pushing their new generation you saw it in the kenny omega claudio match against their established veterans there where it's like it's ret titus in there with jerry fucking lynn and necro butcher and chris hero who, are, who have been established there for a while
1: yeah um where is ret titus today that that's I, what i had in one of my notes
0: isn't he still he's still there isn't
1: he i don't watch ROH today
0: <laughs> I believe Rhett Titus is still uh, I believe he's still there I, th- I think he's still in ROH okay on. well no no actually no he, he's he's not he's hey not.
1: If, you're, if y'all know where Rhett Titus is please let us know or just please let me know if he gets any better in ring you know because he's still kind of green here but it, it it's a good match, uh, altogether, um, I have other ROH DVDs that have four-corner survivals, I think, uh, I have the CM Punk one that has Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, and, uh, James Gibson, I think that's his name, I forget. Yeah, James Gibson, yeah. uh, uh, yeah, uh, not a big fan of that Famous James Gibson,
0: uh, aka Jamie Noble.
1: Yeah, not a big fan of that match, but, uh, it is it, cool to see that uh R which kinda has this like uh their own like kind of match like uh theme. It's real cool. Um let's see what else No, uh Nigel, Nigel McGuinness uh on commentary I, I like I know I wanted to talk about the match, but like on commentary he uh he like becomes a concussion expert, like since <laughs> he uh, pre- previously uh you know uh has concussions and he says that Chris Hero is aiming for the back of the head when he does uh, elbows cuz that's where you're most likely to get a concussion yes. and I'm just like so Chris Hero is going out there trying to concuss people that is crazy.
0: Yeah Chris Hero um so crisp. I think that's just something that's a testament to to him as a wrestler. Um he's such a crisp wrestler. Like and there's no there's no wasted movement. Everything you know works and and goes into each other. He was so great here. I thought um one of my favorites. I also really like Necro here in a match where he didn't have he couldn't rely on like violent spots. He actually did some train wrestling. Yeah. And, and people uh, were like they gave a holy shit to over. that. <laughs> uh but but of course this this match was to, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Uh, when you're over
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh of course this match is is a a uh a pretty much a a bill to jerry lynn challenging for the title so of course he had to win uh he does win with the package power driver uh to finish off the match uh we'd be seeing jerry lynn a little bit later on the show uh but i I thought the match was pretty solid i thought it was okay
1: yeah uh also uh jerry lynn you know kind of getting a title shot uh and uh what was it uh it's called uh video by wire i think uh the, the
0: video wire the video wire. yeah
1: the video wire um so nigel McGuinness is calling him washed up uh just all sorts of mean uh you know words and we'll talk about it when his match comes but he's just like you know your old fart <laughs> <laughs> just all the, all the meanest uh, england terms he can uh he could just utter at him which is hilarious uh,
0: so after the match, uh, J- Jimmy Jacobs comes out. Uh, and I, I love that R which does this, I wish more wrestling shows would, would do this. So I believe raw might've done this one time where all of the, uh, all the, the segments went into each other. Uh, Jimmy yeah. Jacobs comes out, he he taunts necro butcher and beats him down with delirious coming out, which led to, uh, Steen and Generico versus Jimmy Jacobs and delirious for the always tag team titles. Uh, to me, a, a, a really strange match. Uh, you had you had Kevin Steen playing the face in peril, uh, and, and they, they worked over his knee uh, for a large part of the match. But for a large part of this match, I, I felt like the crowd didn't really care.
1: Uh, I agree with the crowd. Um, you you know you gave us you gave me more light on uh, Jimmy Jacobs. So we we talked off mic about it, and I was just like, I don't get it. Cause this match is kind of stinky. <laughs> uh, it, it 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 is a good like I would say it's a good television, you know, tag match. Yeah, but like it, it, like it's good, and I won't say it's because of uh, Steen or uh, Generico.
0: Yeah, they they were clearly kind of working um,
1: light.
0: Yeah, they're working light for this show um I, I i really think that there are better matches that they had you know just that year alone <laughs> like they, they had a lot of really really great matches just in 20 uh, 2008 and 2008 was kind of like a, a banner year for for the company but it, it definitely kind of you could tell that it was kind of, they were working kind of kind of light like you said and i i thought that you know it was, it was very storyline based because of course the the whole the main uh, through line of in the main thread of this whole show was literally the the end of the age of the fall and they had to kind of get that over as far as like you know making things, you know, fall into place. And I and I thought that this the, the overall story by the end of the show, it did fall into place and it did make me interested in seeing where they would go. But it kind of you had to wrap up a lot of loose ends, and, and the tag titles with Jimmy Jacobs had to be the one thing that kind of set him off. So uh there was a lot of a lot of Kevin Steen playing face and peril. Um, a lot of the you know, they played to the hits, they gave they gave a lot of the, the regular Kevin Steen uh generical spots. Jimmy Jacobs and, and delirious uh did a couple of their things. I, I don't like the tag team of Jimmy Jacobs and Delirious. I thought that I didn't like that I didn't like that part of the age of the fall storyline in their fall um daisy hayes does she does come out um daisy hayes a a weed loving uh women's wrestler how do you feel about that
1: uh (laughs) i did not know that until yeah 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 Um, that that was that's her gimmick that's cool
0: (laughs) she she was kind of like the female uh spike dudley if you will uh,
1: uh, that's cool, uh, especially uh, you know, because she kind of tied herself with Necro Butcher, who just has like a huge marijuana leaf tattoo. Um, that's cool. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't really have anything to say about that. <laughs>
0: um, st- she comes out for the interference, uh, and Stenerico wins with the pile Driver, the the uh, the package Power Driver brain buster <laughs> combo. Uh, the match was okay. Um, I, I didn't really love it or hate it. Um, yeah. you know, e- either way. Um, I, I think it was good to keep the titles on Steen Generico who had a really good, good run to that point. I just had a, I had a couple of issues with delirious taking the pin. I didn't feel like Jimmy Jacobs needed to be protected. Uh, I felt like having him lose would have, would have strengthened the story to me a little bit, just watching it you yeah. know, years later with context knowing what was going to happen. I felt as though Jimmy Jacobs could have probably taken that pinfall, but, um, I understand.
1: Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, it's it's nice to see uh, a young Kevin Owens. Uh
0: very 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 thin Kevin. Owens.
1: very, very slim uh clean face. Uh you know, uh Generico wasn't in the match a lot, so it it was a lot of uh you know, a lot of eyes on Kevin Steen. I'm just like, "Hey man. <laughs> he he's th- he's still good to this day. Uh despite uh you know the weird storylines he's been given in the E, but uh the, it, it, it's a sight to see. Is like every match that I see here is just like wow. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's like looking at your uh, looking at your significant other's baby photos. <laughs>
0: uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> uh,
0: um. It, it. It. I mean. It was a great moment for them. They had just turned face also. They, they, they turned face mm. and, and actually like, um, we're having their face around because it was one of those situations where like, essentially <laughs> like they had to turn face. It's kind of like the, the same, the same place where undisputed areas at. Where like their, are heels, but they're so fucking popular and so low and beloved that they had yeah. to turn, they had to turn them. And, uh, Kevin Steen would become one of the, the most, I mean, if not the most beloved character in our, which history, I, I think, you know, our, had a lot of problems and they still have a lot of problems with, building up these new stars and they had someone in Kevin Steen that actually had a natural connection with, with the fans.
1: And that's sad to hear that he's like so beloved and, you know, all that. And he still kind of has like this sort of disdain for, you know, kind of the indies. Like every time he speaks about his time on the indies, it's not like, uh, it's not very positive. And, you know, he had this connection with the crowd and, you know, people loved him. But it's just like, I wouldn't, I would not want to go back to that. And that's kind of, uh, it's kind of sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, so after the match, uh, Jacobs d- berates delirious. Uh, and I mean, it's pretty much more proof of the threat of the story that uh, age of the fall is is falling apart. Um, we didn't cut to, Oh boy. Ooh. We didn't, we didn't cut to the Briscoe brothers in a promo. Uh, yes. It's racist. Um, yes.
1: Uh, <laughs> we, we are in, uh, we are in the United States now. Yeah, so we're gonna teach you how to man up to their opponents who are both Japanese. Um, <laughs>
0: sure, sure, <laughs> Sh- sure. Uh, it, it gets more, uh, it gets, it gets more crazy during the match,
1: <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> who, who, who thought?
0: Um, who would have thought? Uh, so the next match, uh, is a New York street fight between Sweet and Sour Incorporated, which is uh, Go Shiozaki and the American Wolves of um. Davy Richards and uh, why? Why is I, I always get it? Right. It's Eddie Edwards. I was, I was I always, always want to say Eric Edwards. I'm like, no, it's Eddie Edwards, cool. Eddie Edwards, and, and Davy Richards versus bro. Oh boy, this team, uh, Brent Albright, <laughs> Roderick Strong, and Eric Stevens. So tell me how many of these people in this match are still wrestling? <laughs>
1: uh, I was gonna ask you that. <laughs> uh, let's just a Who little bit. Who the fuck is Brett. <laughs> who the fuck is uh, Brent Albright, and what Walmart is he working at now?
0: <laughs> Brent Albright uh, was a, and you want to keep it a hundred. Brent Albright was like somebody that could have like they they really had a lot of of um a lot of faith in. Uh, Brent Albright was was a wrestler who who was on SmackDown. He he was actually in WWE. He he was Gunnar Scott there. Uh, and they, they had a lot of, a lot of faith in this guy. Like they, they were going to strap the, you know, they were going to put the fucking rocket to this guy and, and really boost him. Um, so, uh, he actually was in, uh, OVW and he had a great, and I actually would w- suggest or recommend you or anybody else to watch the, his series of matches with CM Punk, uh, in OVW, they had a really fucking awesome strap match that was amazing. Uh, in OVW, he debuted in SmackDown in 2006. He actually beat Booker T on SmackDown. Yeah. So he, he, and he had a really, really dope, um, you know, a really, really dope couple of, of storylines there. But I think something happened in 2006 where he, uh, he actually was sent back to OVW. Um, and he was eventually released from WWE. And from there he went to, to pro wrestling Noah. Um, and then he eventually ended up in Ring of Honor. So he ended up in Ring of Honor with uh, he was in a stable with BJ Whitmer. And this is during like a really weird set period in Ring of Honor where they just yeah. they could not stop making stables. They had the No Remorse Core. They had uh, the Hangman 3. He was part of the Hangman 3. And he was—he had a a bunch of—he uh, had a a, a a long rivalry with Sweet and Sour Incorporated. Eric Stevens also had a rivalry with with Sweet and Sour Incorporated because um, of a match with Shikoshi Ozaki that um, I think Larry Sweeney wouldn't continue the match even though it had ended in, under, under certain certain circumstances. And eventually, it kind of led into all of these guys. And Roger Strong kind of joined in because he had issues with the American Wolves. Um, from it, from a previous stable, and it kind of all congealed into this one story here. There you go. This is all mostly from memory. <laughs> uh,
1: big, big brain, galaxy brain,
0: <laughs> galaxy brain. Uh, I will say that the crowd did not have a galaxy brain because they didn't give a shit about a bunch of this.
1: Um, uh, I, yeah. I can attest to that because it's a, it's a quiet match. <laughs> it starts fast and it goes nowhere <laughs> uh they I, I tried think- to pop they tried to pop the crowd with a table spot and they still didn't care
0: no one gave a fuck uh first off let, let's let's talk about Roderick strong with the baldy <laughs>
1: with the ball fade uh, I, I i have seen this Roderick strong before in his match with cm punk uh but seeing this uh seeing him again i was just like Damn! What a fucking child.
0: <laughs> He's so tiny. Like, all these guys with their with their, they look a bunch of dudes in gym fits, like with with yeah, the studded yeah. belts, and they look like actually they're like a. I, I put on I put on my on my notes. This is a match of a bunch of mini Benoit. Wow!
1: Can we say that
0: style style hey. wise style wise like these guys were hey. dangerous in this match. Edit, edit that
1: out. They're
0: a bunch of mini Benoit. Well, I mean, Davey Richards' whole gimmick was that he was the new Chris Benoit. Like he was literally doing all Chris Benoit spots. Oh my God. Like Davey Richards was literally wilding back in the day. Like this 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 was his shit. Um oh also man. speaking of Davey, he nearly killed Roderick strong in this match.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> I must have missed that while I was dozing off. The spot there's a spot where uh there's
0: a spot where he's he's he has Roderick up for a power bomb, almost drops him on oh. his fucking neck.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. But he, he, nearly he like kills saves him. him. S- saves him but I was just like ooh almost cracked his neck there um, for, for my first sitting of this match uh, the only note I have is there's a lot of shit happening in this match yawn skip wow did you uh, actually skip it yes I, I actually skipped it uh, I did not finish uh, watching it until before recording this uh, literally five minutes before <laughs> it's okay <laughs> It, it's a good match. Still, a lot of shits happening. Um, still a yawn, but uh, you know, I just woke up, so I wasn't dozing off, and you know, match was better than I expected. Yeah, I, I'm. It, it was.
0: I mean. <sighs> It was a weird match, but I, I think this is also a testament. Like every, like like I said, every single every single match in here has someone that they they feel as though is a new star and a and a new mm-hmm. you know someone that could carry the company. Obviously, they thought that with Brent Albright and Eric Stevens and the American Wolves and obviously Roger Strong who had been there for years already. Um, but I don't think the babyfaces
1: were over at all. So they oh, were not. And they, Wait, who- they Go ahead. Who who is the bad guy and who's the good guy in this match? Um, I not to sound like super old and dated and you know, trying to follow old wrestling philosophies, but everybody looks the same in this match. They do. Uh they, they, even, they, even looks a little bit the same <laughs> Every like I would say everybody except uh Go is wearing acid wash jeans and yeah. a belt. <laughs> and, <laughs> All, you know, just a whole bunch of white guys that look the same. At some point, there's two dudes in the ring. They both have the same jeans on, same haircut. I thought they were on the same team. So I'm just like, why are you kicking your partner's ass? Mini am confused.
0: Mini Benoit, man. I'm telling you, Mini <laughs> Benoit. These, these are all guys that wanted to to, to have that kind of cross, crippler crossface type mentality. Like that. that's what Brent Albright's whole thing was, was that he was, the, it was like the intense Dean a technical wrestler guy but they just weren't over. I think Brent, they saw Brent as like a WWE reject and they treated him as such. They saw Eric Stevens as just, you know, they, they, the choo-choo thing got him over and he beat uh, rightfully so. Like he beat a lot of like big stars that year, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really like, you know, they weren't clamoring for them and they, they hated the American wolves. They were like one of the biggest heels on the, in the company at that point. So it Mm. it didn't really get them over, you know, in any way, shape or form. But, um, all ends up tapping go Shiozaki with the crowbar and
1: that I thought was, that was the really match. Cool. I match yeah, uh for a street fight to end with somebody tapping i thought that was pretty cool absolutely um, um also uh to have this technical wrestler in a street fight sounds kind of ridiculous <laughs> he looked lost uh, not
0: gonna lie he looked a little lost
1: yeah like uh if you want to do this i think uh more of a two out of three falls uh is is better suited for uh, technical styles, uh, especially for big blow-offs. Yeah. Like an Iron Man or a two out of three falls. Because, you know, showcase more technical shit rather than get the table that doesn't pop the crowd. Everybody's fighting. 30 camera cuts in 10 seconds. Everybody's getting their ass kicked. I'm so confused. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I thought it was an okay match, uh, but this leads us into the uh, tag match between uh, Kinsuke Sazaki and Katsushiko Nakajima versus the Briscoe brothers. Um, first thing I immediately noticed uh, before the Yikes. obvious, before the obvious that we talk about Sasaki didn't have the belt. Where was the belt? He was a, he's a GHC uh, heavyweight champion. He didn't have the belt. No, uh, no. Okay. Mm, nope. Uh, Briscoe's Briscoe's come out. Uh, uh, um, and this is more, oh. this is more, uh, their song, the song they, they they use itself is more proof as to probably why RH doesn't have these DVDs for sale. Um, <laughs> they come out wearing Confederate
1: flag gear. Neat. I <laughs> in my notes, Confederate flag gear. I think fifteen question marks. <laughs> also, American flag uh, shorts. Yeah, uh, and the crowd and uh, at one point chants uh, USA USA. Um, as you have fantastic talents like Takeshi Morishima, Mera uh you you do your racist chance? Uh, I'm confused. Well, I mean they got racist in the ring, so they
0: got to do it. Yeah. Um it, uh, but I th- I think the USA chance were a testament to how how they were working. Um the Suzaki and Nakajima were working very strangely in this match. Um mm-hmm. they seem to be they seem to be fucking no selling a lot of shit <laughs>
1: uh i would say sazaki is working what's what's lighter than light because he was i would say he's in this match for at least three minutes
0: yeah nakajima does all the heavy lifting for, yeah. uh, the, the whole match and the match is like 13 minutes long um and, uh, they didn't I, seem I, enthused I, they didn't seem like they didn't seem engaged in this match at all
1: I was just about to say, like, they don't care. And uh, I just remembered that Briscoe promo for this match. They say uh, to Nakajima, uh, you're you're a sensei or whatever you want to call him. (laughs) (laughs) And in this match, it it really shows that uh, because Sasaki is really letting uh, Nakajima shine and really letting him take the, uh, you know, take the brunt of all the attack and, you know, get a lot of his shit in. You uh, know, all that stuff. Um, and on the DVD, it's labeled as a dream tag team match. It was at that time. Uh, at that point,
0: it was at that point. It was uh, okay, rightfully, okay. So, rightfully so. Um, the Briscoe brothers were, I mean, and they still continue to be like the premier tag team and, and ROH. Um, my thing about it is at this point, and, and think about this. They're still there 10 years later. At this point yeah. in 2008, people were growing tired of their of their shtick. Their shtick was really wild, uh, hundred mile per hour matches. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they and kind I- of they bring it down here, and it's like they, I mean, they they don't really have a lot of their habits here, which is cool. But I I don't think that the <laughs> the foreign talent like matches up to what what they you know, what they what they do now.
1: Yeah, um, it it is it's a stiff match, you know. When Suzaki gets in there, I I, I don't want to say sloppy, but uh, he's definitely working slow. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't like want to be disrespectful, but like yo, he 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 ain't fire, bro. Like
0: <laughs> I I've seen a couple of his matches. I believe he does sh- he did show up in uh, ROH earlier that year. I cannot remember which show, um, but he actually was better there. I just don't know what was going on. I just I think the styles were too different. Um, there and I think they really want to get a spotlight on Nakajima who would actually go on to become one of one of their stars and in uh, you know and Noah but um, J- the J Driller finishes Nak- uh, Nakajima uh,
1: hey you know okay yeah. match hey, it can't be said any other way. It, it is an okay
0: match. It's okay. I think the I think the general consensus of the undercard, and we're moving into we're kind of moving into the main events here. But it, it was an okay match. But ROH has always been that way, where the second half of the show is always the must watch. This is no different. Like it's yeah. literally no different. The second half of the show is must watch and pretty much saves the show. Um, after the match, the American Wolves come out to attack the Briscoes, uh, injuring Mark's knee uh scenerico and albright and stevens come out to save them uh brent albright cuts a really
1: no it, it was like a really loud promo <laughs> yeah uh the microphone uh on a lot of the shit does not work uh and everybody decides to scream into the microphone <laughs> um i thought that i heard i heard jimmy
0: jacobs way better and he didn't have a microphone
1: yeah uh the amount of times that I had to turn my TV down because they're yelling into microphones is one too many. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, he, I, and I thought this was interesting. He appeals to Kerry Silken about the run-ins in ROH and the interference in ROH. And I said, wow, I, I, I'm glad he's not there now. <laughs> uh, he, he, he asks for a, a steel cage match against Sweet and Sour Inc., uh, and then Albright, in a in a moment that I that has not aged well whatsoever, Albright tells Sweeney that somebody is going to die <laughs> in the match. Uh, uh, I was like, ooh, I was like, that didn't age well at all. Um, but that that is that that segment setting up more more um, more programs for after the uh, beginning of the new year. Um, mm-hmm. then we cut to a Neil um, nail promo, uh, very awkward where he always says is that he'll beat Nigel, uh, tonight, uh, on the, on the, mm-hmm. on, on the show. Uh, uh,
1: you get, you get an ad wait, for, uh, go ahead uh, for the promos for the Japanese talent. I think they're filmed very oddly because <laughs> it's interviewer, Japanese wrestler, you know, they're speaking into the microphone and then. Off screen comes a translator. Like, just have him in the shot. <laughs> like, it looks like it looks like a random fan just came up. It was just like, all right, and like the translator they have, like he's he just delivers like everything kind of like shittily. Like uh, for the Takeshi Morishima, he was just like. Uh, well, yeah. they did that
0: like they did that in a weird order where they had to yeah. answer the question, and the translator was off screen. And I was like, "So is he just going to answer him in Japanese?" And no, what's he going to say? And the translator yeah. comes from off screen, and is just like, "Oh yeah, he said this."
1: Yeah, <laughs> so it looks really weird.
0: Super, super weird. Um, you get, you did get an ad for uh, ROH's first, um, their first uh, show in Canada, Northern Navigation. And you're starting to kind oh. of see that they're expanding into different markets there, instead of their regular Chicago Ridge uh new yeah. york and in ohio and or sorry dayton ohio uh shows that they used to do that was actually a really good show i i actually enjoy that show a lot i i would recommend that show as well if you can fucking find it um, a really good, show. <laughs> good luck uh Takeshi morishima we just talked about that promo but we're going into the number one contenders match uh to me the most interesting match on this show um and I have bars for, you know, what happened after. And this, this, this show or this match kind of frames a lot of things in ROH coming into the year and to what I believe, and this is this, and this storyline and how it ended and how it began, or really, really rather how it ended. It is what really, in a lot of ways, what turned me off to ROH as a whole. I think after this storyline, I, I, after it ended, I pretty much, I cut, I, I cut it off. I, I couldn't do ROH anymore until at least 2012. Um, I, when I started watching mm-hmm. it again. But this was a storyline that had a lot of, you know, a lot of people kind of questioning ROH. And it was kind of like the first time you'd actually seen. And it starts off well. And that, this isn't to say that, you know, I'm, I'm really talking purely out of hindsight, not of how it ended. But the beginning of this, obviously hot. But this is a storyline that shaped a lot of the things in the future for ROH. It is the number one contenders match. Tyler Black versus Austin Aries.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, from the beginning, Tyler almost busts his ass on the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> Oh and I'm sorry, for anyone who doesn't know who's who's listening to the show, Tyler Black is of course now uh Seth Rollins in the WWE, in the WWE.
1: Yes. Uh I thought I didn't think he I, I thought that was a plan kind of thing and he was gonna do like a like a silly role. Cause you you know, Seth uh I mean Tyler Black, you know, rock star and you know, he does get really wild like when he does uh his uh moss pit kind of celebration kind of thing. <laughs> I, I, I just thought it was one of those but <laughs> i didn't know nah. you really, really bust his ass
0: but bust his ass oh uh, my God. Th- without a doubt um they were framing from the beginning of the year all the way onto here they they saw something in in tyler black um th- this is coming on and, and let me just walk you through tyler black's year before he even got to final battle tyler black mm-hmm. uh faced off against daniel bryan at a show called ROH New Horizons, which was an amazing match. Uh, I I believe a lot of people went five stars on it. Uh, Tyler Black also went against uh, Stenerico at ROH Driven, which is yet another match of the year candidate, in my opinion. One of my favorite matches of that year. And he also faced off at ROH Taking Prisoners against Nigel McGinnis for the ROH World title in a match that I think a lot of people said was one of the greatest matches in ROH history um Mm -hmm. Tyler Black was going into this show with a lot of juice so to speak and it was you know rightfully so I think that if there was someone who was going to take over the the company as uh Brian Danielson did Nigel McGuinness did CM Punk did Samoa Joe did everyone looked at Tyler Black as that guy and the crowd was fucking red hot for him they hated Austin Aries in this match
1: Mm, I think uh (laughs) every time i look back into my notes i feel like an asshole uh now that we're recording because instead of writing austin aries name i put promise ring (laughs) wow (laughs) uh yeah uh austin aries uh i don't like his style at all uh i uh i have the cm punk uh the to see him punk uh title match uh against him and I don't really like that match. Uh Austin Aries
0: is What just, is it about what is it about his style that you didn't like? I thought he was I thought he was great here. I thought I thought he was really great in this match. Uh
1: in this match is great because it's a good back and forth <laughs> because he had like uh matches before, but uh hit Like his style just doesn't like I just I can't like put my finger I just don't like it. Like his style is just Different to me. <laughs> like uh I I think like having the brainbuster finisher is cool, but uh when he has the last I think the uh, the last chancery finisher really fits him more. Uh the 450s in just...
0: which he stopped. Well the four he was very enderific, I'll say, in in this era. Um you hit, super unsafe. I think he does a lot of unsafe <laughs> shit in this match. Um, and this, I mean, we're starting yeah. to, we're in the, we're in the part of the show where it's, it's literally a uh, brain and neck injury city, CTE city here. Um, the heat seeking missile. He literally launches himself at a hundred miles per hour at Tyler black hits the, the, uh, the barricade and remind you, these barricades are metal <laughs> Mhm. They are not soft <laughs> like in WWE. <laughs> like, these, these shits look like they fucking hurt. And uh, it's just shit like that that's just like, yo, I'm so glad. And I'm going to say this a lot for the rest of the show. I'm so glad these guys don't do this shit anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, but overall, the matches are good back and forth because, uh, you know, they have so many matches before in the past. Uh, Tyler Black looks great here. And unfortunately, you know, he loses. Well, before and, before we get to that, before we get to
0: that, um, I think okay. I I really love shit like um I love Tyler using the F five uh, off of the off of the apron, mm-hmm. really good spot. Um, I thought it was, I thought they had a really a lot of really great hope spots for for Tyler, and I love the desperation on Austin Aries, and I, I think that like there's you know I know he gets a lot of shit, but like during this period mm-hmm. he he was really great at making these matches feel desperate and making them feel like they were a a a a battle and a war and he was you know he was really and i have to stress this he put tyler over like a million bucks like tyler had been having these matches with a lot of guys and losing and looking good in losses i think the austin aries one was was even uh was even as important because it made tyler seem as though he was someone who could break the break through to that. He only lost here because of a techno, you know, of some bullshit, so to speak. Um yeah. really enjoyed the finishing segment. The finishing segment was really, really great. Uh I I did call the Jimmy Jacobs distraction. Um so Jimmy Jacobs does come out, uh distracts uh, distracts Tyler uh off of the Phoenix splash. Uh he misses the Phoenix splash. Austin Aries hits the brain buster into the 450 splash and pins uh Tyler Black and before we get to the to the to the actual finish, what did you what you know were you expecting anything? Did you did you expect the turn or, or were you kind of like what the fuck's about to happen here?
1: I in my notes I have why the fuck did Jimmy Jacobs come out? Okay, because you you know it's age of the fall. You talked about like you want him to win, so why would you come out and distract him? I I don't get that, and you know. Who the fuck wrote this shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
0: <clears throat> yeah. I, this. This. Like I said before, this. This actual segment um, would frame what happens next year. It's Final Battle two thousand nine. Um, Jimmy Jacobs turns on Tyler Black um, mm-hmm. and and uh, starts to and it threatens to basically pillmanize him. And then uh, Austin Aries comes back out and hits black with a chair and, and they both beat up um, Tyler black. And that is the, that's a double turn. Uh, it effectively yeah. it effectively turns uh, Tyler black face and kicks him out of the age of the fall, uh, makes Jimmy Jacobs an even bigger heel and makes Austin Aries an even bigger heel going into his actual title shot that he's owed in 2009. Um, as he's walking out, uh, one of the fans says, what sense does that make? And I was like, boy, oh boy, would you be asking that again in one year? Um, <laughs> this
1: uh this, i got that i got that in my notes
0: <laughs> um this i mean and, and it actually had austin Aries like going back and then like drawing off with the fan but i was like austin like the, the fan's actually right like it, it, it's stupid because it austin Aries essentially doesn't join age of the fall but he does mm-hmm. uh become a heel just in general um i had this written in my notes and i feel a lot of ways about this turn and anyone who watched who watched our witch at this time can can kind of They'll feel me on this. Uh, this match started the nearly year-long babyface baby push for Tyler Black, uh, which had its ups and downs, but it ultimately made the fans turn on him. Um, they had Austin Aries actually retain the title. He, Austin Aries won the title, uh, I, I think, um, in mid-2009 uh, from oh. Jerry Lynn. Uh, and they had Austin Aries retain the title at Final Battle 2009 against Tyler Black in an Iron Man match in a fucking time limit draw. When he should have won when Tyler Black should have won. Instead, they did another redemption angle, which made the fans turn on him even more. They were literally booing this guy by the time this shit ended. And by the time he got the belt, they were calling him, they basically were, were calling him John Cena. Oh, wow. When this guy was having some of the best matches and carrying some of the best matches in, in ROH history. Uh, I mean, this, he, Tyler never had bad matches in ROH. You know, he, he never missed, you know, a, a, a show where it was like a terrible, he had a terrible match. But they mishandled him so greatly within this run. I mean, they had let, you know, within the next year, Tyler would go on to beat a lot of of different people uh, for, for the chance to win the belt. And he actually had a really great steel cage match against Jimmy Jacobs that would end their feud uh, in in the summer of 2009. But ultimately this moment should have started a year run where he would win the title in 2009 and they didn't do it. And it's, it's very indicative of how ROH treats it's newer, it's newer talent where they don't know how to fucking book these guys. Tyler Black should have won that, the Iron Man match in 2009. It was an hour match, Cyrus. And the whole hour <laughs> set up for him to win. They did a time limit draw and they didn't have him win. Guess when he wins the title? He wins the title in June of 2010. Yeah. Nearly a year and a half babyface push to him winning this title. He finally does it. And then what happens within six months of him winning it? He signs to the WWE. <laughs>
1: And it and like the fans turning on uh, Tyler Black doesn't change, you know. It happened twice this year. Uh, like in Ring of Honor, uh, in Manhattan, don't they just like uh, when he signs, don't they just call him a jobber in the crowd?
0: Yep, they start calling him a jobber. Uh, they, it actually makes him turn. Well, the ROH, the ROH, uh, mandate is if you hold the title and you're about to go to wwe you have to turn and you have to start cutting shoot promo so i mean essentially that's what he did <laughs> right uh but he he, would, he eventually lost the title to i believe roger strong uh before he left and uh i mean essentially it it, it was a very weird baby face uh you know turn and it's like just a weird, and, and I'm going to, there's parallels to this in the, in the end of the show. And, I, and I'll talk about that in the show, but um, this was basically the beginning of, of a year long storyline that I, I, you know, the fans were very invested in and I don't think they got it. They, they got anything cashed in on that and out of it. What did you get? But uh, another Austin Aries title reign. So yeah, uh, going in, we're going into a flashback of Marfuji beating Nigel at glory by honor in an excellent match. Um, and then you have the actual RH world title match between Nigel McGinnis and Naromichi uh, Marafuji. I, I wrote this in my notes and I said, for his time, Nigel McGinnis was without a shadow of a doubt a top five wrestler in the world. But at this moment, Nigel McGinnis is broken down. He's injured. He's had many injuries that he's working through. He needed to drop the belt a long time ago, but he is still the champion here by hook or by crook for for them to get over hit the year-long reign, even though Darren Bryan had a longer reign than he did at that point, and uh yeah. Smoore Joe obviously had a longer reign than he did at that point. Yeah. Uh but he's fighting through a lot of uh legit injuries here and he's noticeably slow. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it shows, uh shows how different we are. Um I wrote Nigel looks fucking stupid man <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just, it's-,
0: it's the it's the, it's the, it's the I think it's the uh it's the um the advantage of having hindsight in some points and the advantage of actually like <laughs> being there. I know a lot of that isn't gonna isn't gonna hit well with with you because like you you weren't watching it at that moment. But like for for its yeah. time, like Nigel was I mean, that that was the style back then.
1: Like I, I know like a lot of uh wrestlers in the past, uh they wear their, you know, they dye their hair blonde like Samoa Joe did it. And stuff like that. But I think, like, this spikes makes it look extra dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he he is working through a lot of injury. Like, he's already been concussed, which uh, was talked about earlier in the show. So, just coming in, I was just like, this shitting shouldn't. Especially when Mayor Fuji starts kicking him in the face uh, over and over again. And uh, he does uh, the sliced bread a lot. Yeah. And slamming him on the back of his head, which he talked about earlier being, you know, it's more likely to happen if you get hit in your back of the head. So like this whole match, I'm just kind of like, uh, kind of spooky. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a, it was a
0: different type of Nigel McGuinness match for the, for the period as well. Um, usually Nigel is, takes control of the match, uh, in this match for most of, most of the, the, the runtime, it is Merfuji clearly in control. Uh, there, there was like 28 super kicks thrown in this match. And I, I thought that like, uh, uh, essentially, Marfujis is really good. He's really a really crisp wrestler, but I, I, this is another match that was weird to me with how slow it was. It was just really, really slow, really plodding. Um, the sheer noir in the apron was super dangerous and stupid. And I put in my notes, oh, yeah. why? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why would you do that?
1: I, I I, I stopped taking notes at that point uh, because I just like I legit just became worried. And like, you know, he is where he's at today. Like, I already know that he ends up having to retire over concussion. I wish I could just like go back and stop him from doing this shit.
0: Well, he like, he had had a a uh, a match on pay per view earlier this year, or earlier that year, I, I believe it was earlier that year, where he had cut himself open uh, on the barricade, giving himself like a concussion during a match. Uh, I think it was a Daniel Bryan match, uh, and he, he cut himself open. He had to actually he actually had to take a couple of months off with the title where they didn't even strip him of the title. And a lot of people were asking for him to to <laughs> drop, drop the fucking title. Like you're hurt. Like just go take a break. And, mm-hmm. and they would not have him. There was a large stretch of tw- uh, 2008 where the title wasn't being defended on the, on the, on the main show. But um, um, there were spots like that where I'm just like, dog, I see why the fuck you ended up where you were. But the thing is, Nigel still doesn't retire from wrestling until like maybe two or three years after this, he still gets, he's still about to get signed. But to at this point, Oh lord! Uh, but I, I thought the, the finishing the finishing stretch was really good. Um, for for as slow as it was, mm-hmm. Nigel was selling his, <laughs> his left bicep throughout the whole match. Uh, also proved yeah. uh, how stupid the jawbreaker lariat was. Um, but they had been building that finish all year. Um, so he hits one jawbreaker lariat and it pretty much ends the match. But uh, it goes into the story because he tried to hit it in the beginning of the match, uh, and mm. Murfuji stopped him from doing it. He hits it at the end and it finishes off the match. I hate the jawbreaker lariat. I think a lot of people fucking hated that move. I would have rather the Tower of London be his finish, but whatever.
1: Like I, when I saw that the, uh, when I saw the jawbreaker lariat end the match, I was just like, imagine if like Hangman Page's uh, buckshot lariat just like lay the fuck people out because it's way more flashier and it looks way more devastating than, you know, the bullshit that he does. And like Dean Ambrose does it. Yeah. It just, it's like he does it. And then the match ends. Like
0: it's stupid it, when Dean does it too. Cause Dean doesn't even like, well, Nigel would stop being as crisp at it after a <laughs> while because he was so injured, but it just, it's just not a crisp or it's, it's, it's like a uh, Jay Lethal's um lethal injection.
1: Yeah, it it, it, it it's kind of silly. Uh, not a big fan of the, like, why isn't the Tower of London it? Because he also tries to hit that a lot in the match.
0: Yeah, and, I I love Tower know, of London. I love the Tower of London. The assisted cutter. That's so great. It's so dope. Mm-hmm. Really like it. Um, I I thought it was a really good match. I thought just I mean, yeah, really will, Mary, for Mary Fuji willed it to 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 me four stars, but um. Nigel was con- he was considerably broken down here, um, and, and I, yeah. I, it, was, it was time for him to, to drop this title. He, he, uh, Jerry Lynn comes out and says, uh, basically says, you want the, the, the indie promo, you know,
1: template. I won't I let you kill our wait.: but- And I think this promo is very ironic, the fact that uh, Nigel McGuinness is calling him a broken old man.
0: He calls him basically Randy the Ram.
1: He says, I just watched The Wrestler,
0: and you're you're him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like, you had your time. Don't try to come and spoil my calendar, long title reign, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Jerry Lynch starts screaming into the microphone. Again, more screaming. and And I tune out. And at some point, I'm not sure if it was in a match prior, I forget, but like, yada comes out it just starts screaming into the microphone uh,
0: prince (laughs) Prince nana prince nana uh (laughs) (laughs) yada prince nana was uh he was he's with uh jimmy uh jimmy rave well yeah he at that point he was yes um he had the embassy and Mm uh the embassy was was a was a huge um it was it was a big stable uh in in ROH that had you know wrestlers like uh Alex Shelley, Jimmy Rave. Um he also had like John Walters and a couple other other people on, under his his stable. He was like the Rich African, you know, Rich African royalty <laughs> gimmick that was really dope. Um he he kind of he quit in 2006 R- Ring of Honor, but he returned he would return in in 2009 officially. That was like the beginning of of kind of the the return um, he mm. said I, I believe one and one of the most like famous video wires that he ever had. He said that he had regained his riches because Obama's like he had a stimulus package. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I remember being like, oh, my goat shit. that my goat. He, Prince Nana is, is, is really the goat. But he, he, would, he would come back with Bison Smith, who was another new guy that they were trying to push and um, and the in ROH in 2009 but eventually uh he would have claudio castagnoli Joey ryan would be in the embassy at one point eric stevens would be in the embassy at one point uh and necro butcher would would be in there uh intermittently uh and i think like like i think by like 2011 or 12 tommaso Ciampa would be uh in the embassy in the jimmy ray spot as his number one like his his, uh his his right hand man
1: oh that's kind of fire
0: yeah really interesting really 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 cool uh really cool um kind of way that like, a lot of the newer wrestlers coming through, coming through the embassy. But that, that was Prince Nana, and that was the beginning of his, uh, his return, oh, wait, so to speak. Um, we get highlights. of Oh, actually, no, before I, before I do that, I want to I touch on some history with Nigel McGinnis before we move on to the main event. Uh, Nigel would finally lose the title to Jerry Lennon in, in April 2009 after he sustained yet another <laughs> arm injury, and this time he needed surgery. So the only way they were going to drop the title was because he needed surgery.
1: Yeah, not concussions. Also, at the end of the match with Fuji, he is holding his uh, he's holding his right arm like a lot, yeah. and there was just like man hope and like on commentary they're just like oh hopefully like his bicep doesn't tear again.
0: Yeah, again because like, it happened. <laughs> it happened earlier in the year. Um, he yeah. he took he he lost the title. Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn would lay, would drop the title that next month to to Austin Aries. Obviously, to continue that storyline. I think if it were to be any different, and Nigel hadn't gotten injured, I think I believe that Austin probably would have beaten Nigel for it and continued the Tyler Black storyline. Uh, but Austin, Austin Aries does win that uh, the, the title a month after that. Uh, Nigel would take a hiatus and return later that summer. He left RH. Oh. R- God. Yes, he he left RH uh, in September after agreeing to a deal with the WWE, and he failed the pre-screening. <laughs> he failed the physical at WWE. So he said, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to TNA." And he, he debuted in TNA as Desmond oh Wolf. and would uh, he actually debuted during the Hulk Hogan era? So you you can, oh you, can you can guess God. you can guess how how well that went for him, and he ended up retiring uh, <laughs> soon after that.
1: Vanilla midget HH. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, the, well, Nigel was pretty tall. Nigel was about six feet. He was he was tall. Um, so we get highlights of Danielson and Morishima's feud, including the match where Brian legit injured his retina. Uh, you, you know, you get the Manhattan mayhem match. Uh, all those matches, An incredible feud. I think um, this is this is Brian's you know, one of Brian's best feuds in ROH. Period. Uh, yeah. What, what 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 can we say about this shit there that? It hasn't been already said. This is an incredible match. This is the fight without honor. Brian Darrington versus Takeshi Morishima. It is our main event. Brian sneaks Morishima to start and does a huge dive into the crowd. Mm-hmm. I put in my notes. As amazing as this looks, I'm so glad he doesn't do this anymore. He cracks his head oh, on yeah. a chair as he comes yeah. down.
1: <laughs> this like uh, just like uh, the steel chair. It's the audience chairs. Yes, like church church chairs, like steel hardwood cushion. And Jimmy Jacob was going to hit Tyler Black with the same thing earlier in uh, the post-match beatdown. But he throws the chair out and then Gross grabs a steel chair on. Because guess what? Steel is way safer. Somehow. <laughs> so, sh- shows how hard those fucking chairs are.
0: Um, This is a great match. I, I, to, to go back to that spot, he manages to do all of these spots while his entrance music is playing, comes up. It hits mm-hmm. the chorus for the final uh, final countdown in one of the most legendary moments in ROH history. He timed it f- fucking perfectly. Love that spot. Um, greatest of all time. <laughs> greatest wrestler of all. Listen, you watch this here now, and you watch him right now ten years later. First off, ten years later, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> holy shit! It's ten years later. This motherfucker is a WWE champion. Like, who who could have ever like called that? Um, but you, like, this guy is literally the greatest of all time. Um, he's busted yeah. open within two minutes of this match officially starting. Yep. <laughs> he, he he
1: he is already bleeding. He his face is gushing. I, like this. This match is fire. <laughs> like <laughs> it's all over Morishima's body. Like this,
0: the blood is all over him. Yeah. Uh, big hits, so to speak. Shout out to Mark. <laughs> uh, Morishima is beating the shit out of Brian for a lot of this match.
1: Hey, all of us say is if you could make a Takeshi Morishima create a uh, call at 2K19, <laughs> we would really appreciate that because nothing but big hits.
0: Nothing but big hits, my man.
1: Like, uh, I've, se- I've also seen the other Brian S- uh, Danielson uh, Morishima match, and hey, that match, <laughs> big hits.
0: <laughs> yeah, nothing but big hits in that match. These are all heavy hitting matches. Uh, the match with Brian dance Brian with the with the with the eye patch on it. <laughs> yeah really good too um this is a sadistic match uh when morishima grabs the chain uh oh boy <laughs> massive hits massive hits there <laughs> when the chain got out the match got different uh there was a yeah. lot of really cool spots with the chain uh just outright choking him outright choking and, him with the chain and
1: and danielson looks legitimately scared <laughs> like this wasn't part of the match he is trying to crush my windpipe holy yeah shit. uh
0: there there is a there is a spot that was very hard for me to watch. a lot of this is very hard for me to watch not gonna lie um a lot of it was very hard for me to watch knowing you know where he ends up and, and i mean he's fine now but it's like seeing stuff like the suicide dive spot where he, he suicide dives on the Morishima and lands in the crowd um it makes me laugh at people thinking he'd go back to the indies to do shit like this like there's no yeah. he's not going back to do shit like like there's no way he's doing this anymore like it looks painful um there's a really cool spot where he slaps Morishima with his blood soaked hand a couple times really love that spot sadistic Fire. very mm. good um he fucking german suplexes Morishima like holy shit
1: hey this, this match is a classic uh <laughs> if you could find this match <laughs> good luck um <laughs> I think Cyrus hey. could help.
0: I think Cyrus, if you want to watch the match, Cyrus could help you out with that.
1: Yeah, D- DM me. Uh, I'll send you the whole pay per view. <laughs> no,
0: don't say that. We're gonna to have to bleep that out. Always <laughs> <laughs> gonna fucking don't so fucking say that. Um, Brian is bumping like crazy here. Like I, I really love in this match that you can feel the desperation here that Brian is kind of feeling it slip away from him with the hot sock with the hot start. Like Brian knows he had to end this match quick. And uh, it, it's getting, it's starting to slip away from him here toward the end because Morishima, the, the whole key to this is that Morishima can't hang in a longer match, but Brian, so, so if Brian can beat him like super, super quick, you know, it, it'll be more advantageous to him. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. I got that backwards. Morishima yeah. can handle, he can, he can endure the pain and handle a, a longer match. So that's why Brian had to beat him quickly, but it's starting to, you know, you're starting to see Brian, like he's like, Morishima's actually getting more powerful as the match goes on <laughs> and the yeah. the, the, lar- the lariats that he's taking are a fucking insanity. Brutal. Um, I really love the superplex spot, uh, that Brian does to it to Morishima really, really cool spot there, but it leads to the brutal stomp to the head spot and into the triangle choke with the chain, which is
1: wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, do uh you this see is a fight it? without honor. Wait, hold yeah. up. This is a fight without honor anything goes uh the only like weapons used in this match is a chain and uh the hammer to ring the bell yeah and they make the most of both of them
0: absolutely i i and you know that's that's a good that's a good point that there are literally like most fight for honors there's ladders and chairs and stuff like that they Mm -hmm. use the the absolute least and got over get that chain over as like the the worst weapon that you could ever have in in a match um, do yeah. you see parallels here to Daniel Bryan's character and his new character here, as far as just like just like the move set, like the the stomps to the head and the triangle choke and stuff like that?
1: Uh, with the stomps to the head, yes, and <laughs> that shit looks brutal. And the the fact that they actually let him do that on uh, in the WWE is really fucking cool. And when you look back uh, to this, you know, with my fresh. Uh, my-